now. Me too. All right. Five, four, four three, two, one. Welcome back to Poison for Profit. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. And happy Halloween, everyone. We're recording this episode on October 31st. A little spooky Spookiest Halloween episode. Spookiest night of the year. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be uh, coming at you guys with a little bit of a, I guess, microsode general episode tonight. A little bit topical. Uh, hopefully you can all get something out of this. And as always, I'm just going to pass it over to Zach and we're going to get right into it. Well, I have some good news tonight, actually. I know it's a rarity for me. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited now. So we're re-entering the world of Bayer Monsanto and the world of Roundup and the world of large payouts being ordered. Ooh. $175 million in this one in the latest Roundup cancer trial. So in Philadelphia, a jury found a Bayer AG liable in a case brought by retired restaurant owner Ernest Currency. I'm sorry if that is a total butcher of the name, but <laughs> I couldn't find anybody pronouncing it. So uh, they awarded him $175 million, $25 million in compensatory damages, and $150 million in punitive damages. And uh, this is probably the third biggest or there was a two billion dollar payout that was heavily reduced and this uh this is now like the third very high profile roundup lawsuit that we've seen judged in the fa- in favor of the plaintiff so currency developed non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and he claims it was a result of using roundup in his garden which is very, it's a much different thing than we've seen in the the past Roundup cases. Uh, Lee Johnson being a groundskeeper for a school, he used it in his job. And the, the Piliad trial. So the Piliad trial, they were farmers and they got awarded $2 billion. Uh, that was heavily reduced. The difference in this is that Ernest Karnashi was using this uh, residentially. Yeah, right? that's crazy. Just residential uh, use? Yeah. I mean, I, I, he clearly was using it a lot if uh, if he won this case. But that was one of the things that we had talked about, it being hard to really say it's a causal factor, right, in, in somebody developing a disease like this uh we've talked about it with pfos being in drinking water and things like that but it is uh it's interesting because bayer has taken uh, roundup off of the residential market or um and last week the company also uh lost a separate roundup trial for 1.25 million dollars uh, and but before that, they had won nine trials in a row, 
similar cases. So you could kind of, I kind of got this sense on uh, Twitter that the, the, you know, the crowd, the, the Bayer crowd that really kind of shills all this, uh, all these agrochemical products. Uh, they were getting a little cocky about it saying, Hey, we're, we're there. There's winning cases now. Like all the, all the other stuff was flukes, but clearly, you know, it's, it's uh, a little not that simple. Yeah. I mean, and it's, I feel like that's kind of the attitude they've always had about this. Um, I mean, I know I've told you about this, how when I worked and lived in Colorado, they sent me to a pest management uh, conference for noxious weeds and Bayer was there talking about these recent lawsuits back then was 2019, but they were on the same podium that they are today that glyphosate is completely safe. It uh, does not affect humans at all. And then they like gave us all hats and basically blamed these people's poor lifestyle for uh, <laughs> their diseases. And it's just pretty, I mean, I, I'm happy to see that they're getting held accountable and actually having something happen. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Bayer's saying that they disagree with the verdict. Uh, they think that they're going to get it overturned and have the awarded money reduced with their appeal because they, you know, they're they're going to appeal, of course, and it probably will get reduced because that's what um, federal judges do is reduce uh, damages and uh, awards in cases like this for companies like Bayer. Well, yeah, but no, grease in your palm, <laughs> right? Like the the jury found them guilty. They found them to be the cause of another person's non-Hodgkin lymphoma. It's just another another page in the story of Roundup. Nevertheless, it's good to see somebody whose whose life has been turned upside down by these companies claiming that their products are completely safe, right? And and really urging people to use a lot of it that they're getting what they deserve from the people who are responsible. Absolutely. All right. We are going to Nick for our Halloween special portion of the show. All right. So tonight I've got an article from one of our favorite sources, I would say, wouldn't you, Zach? The Environmental Working Group. Yeah, they do a lot of good work. Uh, but currently they're petitioning the FDA to ban two toxic additives in popular Halloween candies. So check your kids' candies. Check your candy uh, if they have any of these I love ingredients. I Halloween candy. I do too. But uh, unfortunately, Zach, a lot of it's got some pretty nasty stuff. Uh, in it. So the what? first, yeah, yeah. The first, <laughs> the first one that they're targeting is uh, titanium dioxide. So this was originally approved by the FDA in 1966 for use in food. Uh, of course, since then, I'm sure the FDA hasn't looked at it twice. Based is that on, is this? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. But is this what they put in like deodorant that people say is bad for you? Uh, or is that aluminum? That might that's be aluminum, kind of aluminum, I believe. Yeah, okay. 
Yep. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, but titanium dioxide, they add it to, gosh, where'd it go? So they add it to Skittles and Sour Patch Kids, which honestly, two of my favorites. I don't know about you, Zach. Love me some Skittles and Sour Patch Kids. I'm a chocolate guy more. Oh, really? Well, that's probably a little bit better for you. Um, Well, we're going to find out. (laughs) But yeah, titanium dioxide. This is one of those uh, additives that's banned in Europe, which I feel like this is one of those things we always look to Europe for. If it's banned in Europe, it's probably really terrible for you, and the U.S. just doesn't care to protect the consumers. (laughs) Um, But it's been shown to build up in human bodies, and there's a possibility that that potential bioaccumulation could uh, present risks of genotoxicity and carcinogenicity. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Holy cow, I can't talk tonight. Nobody um, can. <laughs> but yeah, so both of these have a tendency to break into nanoparticles and can accumulate in your lungs mostly. So pretty nasty stuff. Not something you really want to happen. I mean, no one wants cancer. And this is just an unnecessary risk towards getting cancer. And it's um, kids too, right? Like Right. I'm sure they're more much more susceptible to it anyways. Well, yeah, and if you think about it, they're still developing. They're still developing, and you're just subjecting them to, I mean, you know, unfortunately, kids are, like, pretty, like, fragile at that stage. They're developing. You want to try and give them the best environment you possibly can. And, I mean, this is just an unnecessary risk. So, yep, you're going to have to look at your your children's candy look in the ingredients for this titanium dioxide not something you want to be eating but going on to the next one is red dye number three specifically uh, which is it's a cherry red color but this is in uh, your candy corn pez ring pops double bubble bubble gum but this is a dye that has actually been banned in the 90s by the FDA for a lot of different uses, including like cosmetics, which I would think personally cosmetics, I'd be a little bit less worried about than something I'm ingesting. Right. However, it still is in our ring pops. Um, And this is uh, a pretty new topic. I've been seeing a lot of uh, research into food dye specifically. I feel like it's a kind of a hot topic item. But this has been linked to cancer and behavior problems in children. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think about this one a lot because so many kids nowadays have ADHD, like my cousin has it. And it just seems like it's been explained away as, oh, just some kids have ADHD. But maybe it's actually that they were eating a ton of candy and now they have this uh, hypersensitivity um, or ha- hyperactivity, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, and, and it, sometimes it's both, you know, like, right. There's so many environmental toxins, so many more probably than there were decades in, in the past. But, but yeah, I think like there's definitely things like this where it, it's observable, the correlation between the amount kids are eating and its prevalence in food products and then 
these like attention deficit, like you're saying, hyperactive mm-hmm. and even like autism and, and things like that. Like there's, you know, pretty clear correlations between environmental toxins and these uh, developmental I don't know. Disorders or disorders. Whatever yeah. you yeah, whatever you want to call it. I mean, just like problems that kids are having nowadays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is another one that it's a little bit different in the EU. It is only allowed to be used in candied and cocktail cherries only. Which for me, I already don't eat those, so good for me if I'm in the EU. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so this is obviously something that should be happening on a whole country basis. However, California is kind of paving the way for some of this uh, legislation on their own for safer and healthier food for the people of California. They have enacted the California Food Safety Act, which is the first law in U.S. to ban f- uh, four of the harmful chemicals f- from food sold and produced in the state. So the law doesn't go in effect till 2027, pretty far time away for, you know, another basically four years of people eating this stuff. Uh, But red dye number three, potassium bromate, propyl uh, paraben and brominated vegetable oil will no longer be found in products on grocery store shelves in California. So uh, again, these are like, uh, food additives. I mean, we talked about red dye number three. Titanium dioxide is not on there, but brominated vegetable oil is, again, one of the those that they're finding is showing uh, significant reproductive harm in people. So that's why that one is getting phased out as well. This is something that obviously I wish we didn't have to go state by state to get done. It just It just seems like this is what the FDA should be doing to protect us. But however, this is not what is happening. Uh, the FDA is not protecting the consumers, which is pretty much their whole job. Yeah, the FDA um, has a lot of, I would say, counterintuitive or flat out like mis- misrepresentable uh, opinions on a lot of things. So. Not surprised that these things have to go through this route, but I mean, you're absolutely right. Like the FDA is supposed to, or are expected at least to, um, to control these kind of things and, and keep people healthy. Yeah. But yeah, just to kind of wrap this up, I'd say I don't want to promote too much, uh, for environmental working group, but I do like what they're doing, but they do have. On their website, you can kind of look through a database of food scores for different products to see if they contain harmful food dyes or colorants. Just something to do if you're concerned about this and you're not sure if the products you're buying contain these additives. Uh, And there's also just a lot of good, useful information on there. But yeah, don't let uh, these uh, additives ruin your Halloween. (laughs) Thank you, Nick. This has been... (laughs) A rough episode, but uh, good stories here, and we hope you enjoyed listening to it. We are going to link the articles in the show notes along with our social medias. Go follow us, uh, reach out to us, send us articles to cover. We would love to hear from you. Anything else, Nick? Well, thank you all for listening. Happy Halloween, and we'll talk to you next time.